In other words, these companies want to be more like successful digital companies that you see in Silicon Valley, cloud companies, software companies, the big tech companies. They want the entrepreneurial spirit. They want the agility. They want the speed to change. They want to be able to capitalize on the speed of information, the speed of insights. Pandemics, global supply chain issues, cyberware attacks, inflation, the big quit. The list of disruptions goes on and on. We're living in a different world. It's more complex and moving faster than ever. This podcast is to help guide you through these turbulent times to ensure your organization can survive and thrive by becoming disruption-proof. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our September Q&A. I think we skipped August. I was out of the country. Sort of continuing the theme of scaling agile, but I, I wanted to take a, a more micro approach and really talk about this idea of explore in the core. And a bit of background, uh, there's sort of this mythology around dividing your company into exploration mode and execution mode or exploration mode and, and uh, exploit mode. And exploit or execute is when you, you're in a mature market and you know everything about it. And so you're purely in execution mode. And then uh, ostensibly, you've got this tiny corner of the universe that you're hoping to do breakthrough innovation. And so that's your explore mode. And boy, this has been written about I don't know, for decades now. And I think it's wrong. And I think it was perhaps relevant in during the era of Clayton Christensen's uh, disruptive innovation. Uh, I think that era is actually a, is pretty much over. Surely there's a debate to be had about that. But for technology companies that have to invent I think that there is an awareness of that that's required. Uh, but I think for the vast majority of companies, you're not going to invent anything new. You're actually not even going to invent new business models. You're going to leverage what you find uh, already out there technology-wise and business unit-wise, and you're going to transform products and services as needed into those new technologies and new business models. You don't have to invent anything. And so if you don't have to in, invent anything, I don't think disruptive innovation is a factor. Uh, I don't think that that's what you should be concerned about. I don't think you should spin up innovation labs that are responsible for breakthrough or disruptive innovation. I see very little evidence of that needed. And instead, digital transformation, right? So digital transformation is great. Digital transformation is required. We live in a digital world. Everything is becoming digitized. Everybody knows that. And so digital transformation is the real thing. I don't think that there's really an innovator's dilemma around digital transformation. I think from top to bottom, companies recognize that it is required. I think that the trap that many corporations are falling into, however, 
is that digital transformation is viewed as mostly a technological thing. Again, they kind of want to fall back onto tech. And, you know, they sort of think that they can hire a bunch of software engineers or outsource to development companies, and that'll solve their digital transformation issues. And I think that that is naive and completely wrong. I think that what many companies are missing is the human side of digital transformation. In other words, these companies want to be more like successful digital companies that you see in Silicon Valley, cloud companies, software companies, the big tech companies. They want the entrepreneurial spirit. They want the agility. They want the speed to change. They want to be able to capitalize on the speed of information, the speed of insights, the rapid experimentation. And yet they only sort of look at tech and and not the human side, which is really what brings about all of those other things. And so that's a short story made long, which basically is what all of the digital companies do well is face uncertainty and deal with uncertainty. And they recognize that uncertainty can be anywhere in the business, in all aspects of the business model, market segments, value propositions, messaging, methods of marketing, methods of selling, methods of distribution, business models, revenue models, partnerships, the whole ecosystem may be different. And so while that is disruptive to the business, that that is not disruptive innovation, that is actually a purposeful reimagining of how you structure and manage your work. And it's recognizing that the real disruptions are external to the company, uh, mostly that come in the form of pandemics, ransomware attacks, supply shocks, energy grid collapses, uh, the big quit. I mean, these are not all causal, but they are related and cause problems. Uh, and so that, in my estimation, what COVID should have taught us is that that's the new norm these disruptions that are going to continue to ripple across our economies and ripple across the business is the new norm. All the companies that are sitting around waiting to return to the new normal will fail. Those companies that continue to attempt top-down transformations or reorganizations will continue to just shift, move around, deck chairs on the Titanic, to coin a phrase. Uh, when we're talking about the human side of digital transformation, just as if you have to retool your very basic products, your core products, to do the human side of digital transformation, you have to change the fundamental way that people work and how that work is organized. So that's much of what I've been talking about with respect to scaling agile.
but I wanted to dive in particularly to those people perhaps that can't influence all of that so much, but can influence their team or if they're a team member or a manager, uh, perhaps somebody uh, responsible for several teams. This is the ground floor. This is the, this is, what do they call it? This is uh, uh, area zero or something. The phrase is eluding me, but this is where it happens. This is where the change happens is with individuals, with teams, with small groups. And the key to driving that change is to not rely on exploration or not depend on exploration or not pretend that exploration belongs in some tiny silo, uh, you know, in some remote place of the business, but rather it belongs in all of those places on your teams, in your own daily work, managing small groups, and that from there it should scale. So the question becomes immediately is how do you start exploring in the core? If you are working on core products, if you're working on core marketing, if you're working on selling, or any of the back office function, HR, admin, IT. If you're in managing supply chains, uh, anything that has to do with the imagining, designing, developing, producing, marketing, selling, distributing products, supporting, servicing products that are the core revenue of a business, you need to learn to explore in the core. You face uncertainty. You don't know how you're going to improve the product. You don't know how you're going to make your processes redundant in the face of ransomware attacks, for example. You don't know how you're going to make your systems more redundant in, in terms of supply chain shocks. As the population gets older do you know how you're going to change your products as your population get your market segments emerge uh, with a younger generation do you know how you're going to change your your messaging or your products do you know where in the world economies are getting to the point that your products and services will now be required do you have a plan for that the fact is is that uh and I, I ranted on this with the horizon planning being around the level of innovation, you know, the horizons being marked by H1, H2, H3, equating the level of innovation and how much that is just complete BS. Horizons can be defined by needs that you're addressing and how those needs will be addressed and for whom will change over time horizons. And so all of your existing core products are addressing needs that various market segments have. Those market segments are continuously in flux. You face competition. That means that you have to compete against different products, different companies, even mindshare in order to continue to address those needs. How those needs will address will be addressed will change based upon technology. Digital transformation is a perfect example. Needs of various stakeholders in you know market will they will how those needs are addressed will be changing over time based upon 
emerging and existing technology and far enough down the road, how those needs will be addressed will be affected by bigger innovation. Not that you're inventing that innovation, but that you will have to continue to modify products and marketing and messaging and all of those things that I mentioned based upon changes in technology. You will also have to change those things, how needs are being addressed based upon changes in demographics and changes in global economies, global economy as well as regional economies. And so all of those things need to be tracked and monitored. And, and I will do a future Q&A or a future webinar on looking at needs portfolio analysis instead of product portfolio analysis. But so back to the idea of if you're buying into all of that and this need to do explore and liqueur. So the the biggest objection that I hear to the concept of exploring in the core comes from leaders who say that they don't have time. And what they are essentially saying is, it's better for, for me to push my people to execute wrongly and execute harder wrongly versus taking the time to teach or to learn how to do it correctly and then executing it on correctly. That seems like, that almost seems like panic. <laughs> it's like, Remain calm. All is under control. I'm imagining now a famous scene in Animal House, I think. A young ROTC soldier is saying that essentially in the midst of absolute pandemonium. pandemonium. Scheduling and finding time in your work is, is, is kind of funny. We all feel overworked. We have too many meetings. Uh, the goals that we're trying to achieve are too, too aggressive, perhaps. Uh, and so the idea of taking people away from all of that busy work to learn new skills in order to become more efficient just as it goes beyond the ability of leaders to to see to grasp um they don't want to do this uh and so it it leads to a lot of what we saw Post-COVID, it leads to quitting and resignations and unhappy people because they know deep inside that the tasks that they're being pressured to do faster and better and all of these things don't work. And so the idea of just being able to execute your way through uncertainty is failure. And, and I keep saying it, but it sure seems like we've squeezed the last bit of blood out of the turnip. And things have to change. And I just, I don't really believe that one can't find time. One makes time and then everything else sort of rearranges around it. There's plenty of 
what one person told me was white space on the calendar. The white space is things that are in between other things. And and we just know that human beings are not productive eight hours a day. It must be 50% or less than that. I'm guessing less. And so uh, we can, you have to schedule exploration. And the moment you schedule exploration, you have found time to do it. So the excuse of there's no time to explore is, is really merely, I I don't, I don't have time to put it on a calendar. (laughs) And so we just know that it's not true. Uh, If you have to schedule the first one out two months, okay, but you just put it as a regular thing on the calendar. And so what is this regular thing on the calendar? It's some chunk of the day, whether it's to start is one hour or it's two hours or it's four hours or it's a day. You schedule on the calendar time in the future to do exploration work. And when you're first grabbing that time on the calendar for you and your team or teams, you don't have to provide a ton of de- a detail. You can figure out the detail. So set step one to exploring in the core is choose a chunk of time. Really, I think the minimum ought to be two hours. But even if you do one hour, that's something that you can you can use. And you need everybody there, everybody on your team. If if in the end you have a couple dropouts, then so be it. So what are you going to do during this time? Well, from a general sense, what you want to do is use that time for collaborative work around a number of different Topics. You don't have to do all of these things. You should do one of these things minimally. So you're brainstorming solutions, or you're talking to customers, or you're designing and running experiments. So you could be brainstorming opportunities, brainstorming assumptions around a solution, and brainstorming solutions themselves. The key is to do the homework, uh, but prior, obviously, to these exploration days, so all of these things are defined, but I'm trying to give you here sort of in the generalities what you're choosing from. The various, the easiest thing might be to just schedule a handful of customers to come on site. And so as you're leading up to that day coming, you're then defining who has access to those customers and what are you going to talk about? Um, I put it in these terms like this uh, by putting it on the calendar before you have everything defined is because that's that w- that's the number one obstacle. I don't have time. And so the more nebulous you're like, you're not going to get anything scheduled until it's all figured out. You'll never get anything scheduled. So step one is to find the time. Step two is define what it is that you're going to do during that time. And the options are talking to customers, running experiments, and or brainstorming opportunities, brainstorming solutions, brainstorming assumptions around those solutions. Time boxed, facilitated, 
uh, recorded. What we're trying to do here is to figure out what are the challenges in your group where you face uncertainty. And again, my argument is you face uncertainty everywhere. But so you're exposing the challenges that face uncertainty, and then you're leveraging the smart people that you've hired to help solve that problem. Ideally, those challenges, if they're solved, get you closer to hitting your numbers. That's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate way of demonstrating how exploring in the core drives impact and is a winning proposition. Often when you're first starting out, that's not what you choose. You're actually just choosing to see if people can do the work this way, whether it drives any insights or impact at all. And so again, that first one, I kind of don't care how well-defined it is. I want the, the meeting time itself to be run well, and I can give you tips on that. And I need it to be tackling uncertainty because that's actually what's going to show you personally that you're improving your efficiency. Now that you know the answer to your uncertainty, you are able to execute better. But in subsequent ones, if you keep this up on a monthly basis or so, then what you really want to do is start tying that uncertainty to challenges, the resolution of which helps you achieve your goals that your performance is measured by. That, that in the end is what's going to make this a winning proposition for you and that may create momentum in the organization. Again, this, is, this applies to anywhere in the business. So what's a, what's a challenge that you are facing inside your organization, the resolution of which will drive impact, you will be recognizing hope, recognized hopefully for resolving the challenge anywhere inside the business, anywhere inside what your domain is. Increasing customer satisfaction, increasing customer engagement, Increasing revenue, maybe, but that's sort of a a tougher one to take on because of the dependencies on other groups. Increasing internal customer satisfaction. So for you personally, the 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 first step after you've the second step, I'm going to say, the first step, putting the time on the calendar. The second step is for you to brainstorm to yourself or with your team, what are the challenges that you all face in achieving your objectives? There's a longer term problem. I think that uh, middle management's objectives are not tied to corporate outcomes, corporate priorities. And so that's a longer or higher up the food chain type of examination. If you're in a startup, you should start that now, ensuring that all work that people are doing ties directly to uh, specific uh, company priorities. 
I can help with that if you'd like. So as I mentioned, the, the easiest step two might be to just bring customers on site. So you have a handful of customers that are there on site for a couple of hours. What are you going to do with them? Well, depending on what your function is, you may be showing them prototypes. You may be trying to understand their needs more deeply, trying to understand their role in their life or in their organization more deeply, trying to figure out what their aspirations are. It would be interesting if you, maybe after you do it a couple of times, if you made that time available to other functions inside the organization. So there's a way to build the internal strategic alliance because you're not in the design group, but you let the design group book time with the customers so that they can learn from the customers. Maybe you'll set a new precedence there. There may be a group that wants to run an experiment. So again, these are, uh, I've talked about experiments quite a bit, but experiments are when you're trying to elicit behavior from a customer or a potential customer or user that validates or invalidates uh, an assumption that's being held by the product group or some customer group or internally by a HR manager for all that matter. So experiments are not just throwing stuff in front of people. It's not treating them as lab rats. It's if we do X, Y number or percentage of customers will behave in way Z, Z validates our assumption or invalidates. So step one, put on the calendar. Step two, determine what the content is, talking to customers, running experiments, brainstorming. Step three is to, to design the ongoing monthly version of these exploration days. Uh, and you're defining that based upon ways that you can drive impact so that you're achieving your numbers. Step four is perhaps to invite other functions so that they can experience what it is that you're experiencing. Step five will probably depend upon the success of those first four steps doing those several times. Uh, Intuit started doing these, boy, I don't know, 2010, 2011, and uh, they ended up turning them into two day workshops, I believe, internally run workshops, and mostly around product ideas. Uh, but we've moved the needle of run these sessions for dozens of companies, 70, 80, 90 companies in all different functions, design, manufacturing, engineering, human resources, compliance, products, sales, marketing. What ties those all together is 
uncertainty in achieving the impact that you're signed up to achieve. So you can guess at how you're going to achieve those outcomes, or you know, execution-wise, you know how you're going to achieve those objectives some percentage of the way. The rest is uncertainty. You can guess and more than likely fail, or you can schedule exploration days so that you can learn how you're going to cover the gap between what you know and what you don't know in achieving your objectives. Thank you for listening to the Disruption Proof Podcast. My mission is to help as many business leaders and startup founders as I can grapple with the increased complexity and uncertainty in the business world. It would mean a lot to me if you could please leave a review of the show and share it with friends and colleagues. Wishing you all the best and remember, be kind first.